You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue on our coverage of Third Watch, the greatest television show in the history of television. We are up to the eighth episode of the third season. This one is called Act Brave. First aired on the 10th of December 2001. Scott Williams uh, wrote this one and Brooke Kennedy directed this one. It's an interesting episode. It's pretty much a Taylor episode. We haven't really had a Taylor-centric episode before. She's been a main cast member now for over a season, so sort of a Taylor episode that we will get here. Uh, Lots of talk about. My name is Ben, and where do you want this lamp? Over there. Hello, and again, it's Brandy and... Tonight on Third Watch. <laughs> Tonight on Third Watch. Just for you. Um, no. Just for you. Get stuffed. Um, <laughs> this is this is a, I don't know, this episode. I mean, this is a good episode. It's not a bad episode, but it's not a brilliant episode. It's kind of, it's, it's, I feel this episode is just, it's disjointed. I feel that we kind of have stuff going on here that kind of happens and then, out of nowhere, something else will happen, and then kind of then this will happen, and I don't know. There's there's a few bits in this, this episode that just kind of come out of nowhere, and this, that, and everything else. I feel like this is a bit all over the place, but I mean, there's definitely some good stuff in this episode. I don't know really how you feel about it. Um, I think it's just a. It's funny that you say that because I just see it as a third watch episode. To be honest, I don't think there's like anything really special to it. I mean, there's I mean there's occur some things that are special, like the, some of the characters that we get to see in like one of the plot line. Like the Jimmy and Kim storyline, but other than that, it's just one of those like we had to put an episode out, you know. And it's it's good. I mean, it's not like anything that's like overly like, oh my god, that's this is like one of the best episodes, but it's, it gets the job done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 just yeah. I don't know. We'll get to that at the end, but we kind of let's get straight into it. As I said, it's a Taylor episode in many aspects, and it's, it's these aren't on the level of what we had in season two where it's all about the person. Like, there's other storylines going on around what's happening with Taylor. Whereas in Season 2, yeah, there were sort of other storylines going around, but they were so, like, self-importance of being Carlos was pretty much all about Carlos, with the exception of maybe a scene or two with, you know, Kim, obviously, you know, saying she's ready to come back to work, and Joe saying that uh, Linda's pregnant. That's about kind of the only thing outside of it. Everything else is about Carlos. So it's kind of, you know, that's how it sort of is, but... This is we're going to put this in the Taylor episode thing. So we start off with um, sort of this montage of them on the job and Taylor having a narration, sort of talking about nights are the worst, you know, being silent and kind of she's just keeping herself busy and uh, you know, uh, she's she doesn't want to think about it. She's talking about her dad, maybe saying she went after this job to show that she was brave and how her dad kind of didn't think she was brave and everything along those lines. Uh, and then she obviously she says like, oh, you know, I can't think about that. Got to stay busy. Um, it's sort of some slow-mo editing with her and Carlos working in the rain. And obviously they're working on a guy who obviously dies because then we kind of see the shot at the, uh, the hospital counter of this woman crying, kind of just her looking on. Now, one thing, a bit of trivia here for you, Brandy, and for all those Third Watch fans out there who might not know, this song that's playing in the background, uh, it's called Mad About You. It's by Hoover Phonic, who of course are the band that does the esteemed Battersea, heard in first episode and the last episode of Third Watch. So, um, they obviously like uh, Hoover Phonic. Uh, they're at Warner Brothers and NBC when it comes to, um, you know, using them. And I actually, I, I kind of looked up a lot of uh, Hoover Phonic stuff because, you know, 
Patterson, great song, sad song, mad about you. And I, you know, I got a couple of their other songs which I downloaded. They've got some good stuff out there, Hoover Phonics. So, um, check them out. I don't know if they're still around anymore, but, um, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, they were sort of a thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's not, it's not Nickelback, how you remind me, uh, montage. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's still kind of, it's a bit interesting. I don't know how you feel about this opening montage with Taylor's narration. Um, it's, it's Taylor. I mean, it's, I got, she lost her, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that, isn't it? You're just kind of like, eh, I don't know. It's, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, well, because I get what they're trying to do. Like, you know, she lost her. She's going through the whole, you know, her dad thing. And I mean, I lost my dad, too, like in 2016, last year. It's just, I don't know. I just still, for some reason, it's still far. It's kind of hard for me to connect. I think you would think I would connect to it because I did lose my dad. But there's just mm-hmm. something around Taylor. And it's like, again, this is kind of yeah. like, I always appreciate Taylor more and more the more I watch it. But I yeah. just there's just a disconnect you feel in this episode with Taylor, and it's nothing against it's not against Amy Carlson or anything like that. I don't know. Maybe it just comes down to we know she's like the newest character. Maybe we feel we haven't gotten to know her as much as we do with the other ones, if you know what I mean. And obviously, just- yeah, and she she's obviously kind of when it comes down to it, she's I guess the main centric character, which they use this whole nine eleven plotline as a continuous aspect yeah. of her character. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's just a bit of disconnect there, but it's, it's not that it's bad. It's it's no way is this a bad storyline or just bad Taylor. I don't know. just, I feel that there's just something around her character that maybe she's just never, I don't know. It's, it's weird to explain. I think you kind of know what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) No, no, I mean like that. And I just think maybe it's cause like we kind of like, especially like the third watch, like if you're like not, if you have not seen third watch, you just listen to the podcast and you wouldn't know. But I mean, I think for like third watch fans, I think. We're more like connected for like because of what happens like later on in the season. Like we know how deeper, you know what I mean. Like I don't want to yeah. spoil it, but we kind of know like how spoil like how she leaves the show, like when she leaves the show, you know. And I think we connect that with Taylor more than this. I would say for me, I personally do. I mean later on, so I don't. Gonna, when I gonna, think of Taylor. I think about yeah. later on, you know. I don't think about now. Look, I'm gonna do something which I don't usually like to do, but I'm gonna sort of um. I guess, date this episode and break kind of the, the fourth wall in many aspects of kind of the illusion of these episodes. Obviously, we record these well in advance of when these are released, and I think kind of off the top of my head, you're probably listening to this in about June 2018, uh, but we're recording this in December 2017 to really kind of date it. Uh, and at least at the time of recording this episode, we're scheduled to interview Amy Carlson this week. So, of course, by the time of listening to this, you've probably already listened to it. And, oh, that was the worst epi- interview ever, man, or the best. Like, I don't know. Uh, and there could have no doubt been a lot talked about that. So I'm kind of just, you know, alluding to the fact that maybe people are thinking like, well, why aren't you talking about that interview you did with Amy Carlson last year about Taylor? Because uh, at the time of recording this, I haven't actually done it yet. But um, if, if, by all means, if it went through, what a great interview that was. <laughs> I should have just gone with that and then just re-edited around it if it didn't happen. But yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a good episode to talk about Taylor here. Because, I mean, there's some great stuff and it's never against Amy Carlson. I mean, she's a fantastic actress. Um, oh, no, no. But uh, just quickly here on Hoover Phonic, because uh, I like to do my research and make sure that uh, things are happening. They're a Belgian pop group. Belgium. Hello to all our Belgium listeners out there. Uh, they're still going around. They uh, Their latest album came out in 2016 called In Wonderland. Um, 
So there you go. And just looking at their discography, um, their last two albums in Belgium went to number one. So that's good. And this song, Mad About You, went to number 23 in Belgium, 83 in the Netherlands, 39 in France, 104 in the UK, and number eight in Italy. So the Italians love this song. (laughs) It's a good song. In the US. Yeah. I didn't get it released in the US. So... Um, I would definitely, like, look up this song, Mad About You. It's actually a good song. Uh, so, yeah. That's so familiar. Like, I might have heard it, like, at least once or twice well, when I was, like, listening to music. Yeah, well, it according just... according to this, uh, they've got a section on their Wikipedia page, use of music in television and movies. So, Third Watch isn't the only show that uh, they've used their music in before. It says here that Mad About You was used in the CBS TV series Cold Case. Uh, it was also used in the feature film A Lot Like Love, and the 2002 film Best New Friend, and the movie it was using Driven. I love that movie. That's like a, well, actually, it's a pretty shit movie, but it's kind of like it's like there was meant to be a movie about Formula One, but Sylvester Stallone turned into one about Indy cars. It's actually a really bad movie, but it's one of those like really bad movies that you kind of like. It's, it's a weird. We movie. all have those movies that are yeah. like so bad we love them. It's, I mean, it is a terrible movie, but like I actually kind of like it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So there we go. Hoover Phonic. Uh, hello to. We should probably we could get them on the show. It's kind of third watch related. Like, what was it like writing Battersea and seeing it sort of bookending third watch? Um, so, anyway, awesome. there you go. But that's our opening scene. Um, then we get. Hang on, it'll help if I turn the page here and look at the right notes. Otherwise, I'll be talking about last week again. That won't necessarily work out too well for us, would it? Um, we are now into this scene. So, okay. This is the sort of the, the scene where Kim and uh, Jimmy are about to have a sort of, I guess, like a table, uh, the pre-sort of trial court a hearing. A hearing, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, so, you know, Kim's sort of waiting in this room. Jimmy shows up with his lawyer, who obviously we've already talked a little bit about, uh, the fact that I, you weren't on the episode when we mentioned this, uh, Brandy, but uh, Jimmy's lawyer, uh, played by Damien Young, the same actor who played uh, the... Remember the episode we did with um, in season one? With the guy, mm-hmm. the bad, bad Leroy Brown, who, like, kidnapped the girls. Chester? Yeah, Ch- yeah, yeah, thank you, Chester. Th- this is Chester from season one. So, um, this is kind of, again, third watch. They have one actor in one scene, and then they'll cast him into a different one. Uh, then Jimmy shows up in his, uh, his FDMY uniform, and obviously, you know, kind of... Given the time frame, he's, you know, Kim's like, oh, please, come on, like, you know, trying to get sympathy because of 9-11, and he's just like, what? My other suit was in the wash. Um, who just happens to show up here in the room, though, before we get to Viola Davis? Uh, sh- shall we point out the fact that we have a Von Jung, a.k.a. Holly, a.k.a. Carlos's wife, in real life, and, spoiler alert, in the show in the future, um, kind of yeah. main star... Of Third Watch, she's never officially credited as a main cast member, but she's kind of the main, main cast member, maybe alongside Swirsky as someone who really should have been on the to- the opening credits. But did, did you notice this? This is one that I always, like, go weird about, the fact that frickin' Holly Levine, Yvonne Jung, Mrs. Reivavar, shows up in a pre-seed as a different character. <laughs> You cannot miss it. I mean, once you get to know her character, like, once you get to know her, you're just like, you you know that face anywhere. Like, <laughs> as soon as she showed up, I was like, what? Yeah! Yes! <laughs> and then we get another, like you said, Viola Davis. Oh, we'll get to Viola Davis like, in a second. Yeah, for sure. Power, um, it's a power 
right there, though. I'm just saying, it's a power room right there. I just, I just <laughs> wonder, like, and like, I, I, I think we established recently that uh, Anthony Rivera and Von Jung actually were together before Third Watch. I kind of thought, like, oh, did they get together after this scene or whatever it is? But like, I mean. We had Anthony Rivera on the show. I obviously love to get a, well, you know, sort of, he wasn't on this show technically, but I've interviewed him before. I never brought that up. But um, if we get him back on the show again, or if we ever get Yvonne Jung on, I'd love to kind of find out, like, were you cast on this show because you're an actor and the connections with Anthony or like, how did this work? And then kind of was, how does this come about that, you know, two years later, they bring you on as sort of like a major character in this show? Um, it's just like, look, I don't, this is kind of like one of my many nitpicks about, well, not many nitpicks, I shouldn't say that, but like my nitpicks about Third Watch on the grand scheme of things is the fact that, yeah, I get it, like, you know, actors are going to play different characters because, you know, back in the day, we didn't have DVDs, we didn't have binge watching, so you can get away with it because, you know, they didn't really have the internet, so people aren't really going to be tweeting and going off about this. But like, it just seems as such like a main thing, it's kind of like, it's not like she's, you know, the same guys we just said with Damien Young, who's just a random villain in season one who comes back as a lawyer, a blink-and-you-miss lawyer. Uh, then obviously we get the uh, the French chef guy from uh, Ohio comes back later on, uh, I think this season or next season in a couple of episodes as well. So there's plenty of... And we've, we've gone over plenty of these cases. But this one's always the one that stands out to me, the fact that frickin' Holly he's already been in Third Watch as a different character. It'd be like if, like, Cruz was a random, like, if Tia Takata was a, a random freaking, you know, lawyer in one of these oh, seasons, and then she's back no. as freaking Sergeant Cruz. Or Nia Long was in a, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of seems like that. No, no. Can't even think about that. Just, <laughs> she's, only, she's only meant to be Sergeant Cruz, and that's it. <laughs> yes. But you mentioned, I mean, like, I think kind of, the thing that makes this scene so interesting, just the power hitters, as you just said about this this scene, is the fact that, oh, okay, you think, like, you, you're losing your shit already at the fact that bloody, uh, you know, uh, Avon Jung's in this scene. Oh, hi, Academy Award winner Viola Davis. Um. <laughs> it's, it's a powerhouse. I'm just like, you got, okay, you got Eddie, Kim Raver. You got, how do you say her name? I've never been good Avon, at it. Avon Jung. Um, there you go. And then we got Violet Davis. I mean, it's just a power. And then you got Chester, who's like, we don't, he's not, I mean, he's not a star, but. But he's on. been in he lots of things. He was in, uh, like, he was I in the whole yeah, season like, of House of Cards. And yeah. Yeah. He's one of these faces is in shit. Lots of things. Yeah. Exactly. And he played a member guy. Like, he's, when you think of his character, you know, you just know who Chester is. He's, you know, he, that was like one of the craziest episodes, you know, and. It's just a power room right there. We, we, we talked, like, we, I think you were on the episode, weren't you, last season with Mia Farrow in it for the first time. Um, and we kind of talked yeah. about how maybe she's one of the... Like, I'd still argue, probably maybe the biggest overall, but, I mean, Viola Davis is in that conversation. I mean, for God's sakes, like, at this time, she wasn't as esteemed as she is now. And we've, we obviously go over a lot about how these... You know, Third Watch has a lot of these people in it who, at the time, were just kind of, you know, they're working. They're just trying to get work on TV and and movies and stuff like that. And just looking here at Viola Davis's screen credits up until Third Watch, she'd only been bit parts in TV series. The Guardian, Providence. She was uh, in City of Angels. She was in Judging Amy, uh, you know, NYPD Blue. Uh, so, you know, she's kind of just making her way. But, I mean, post-Third Watch, I mean, for God's sakes, this woman won an Oscar this year. I mean, to record this in 2017, we've already da- dated this episode. She obviously won... Uh, yeah, she's a show now. I mean, she's doing her thing. Yeah, how how get away with murder, of course. Um, you know, she won the Oscar this year for Fences. She was nominated twice previously before that for The Help and Doubt. 
Uh, you know, we obviously covered her uh, last year on Suicide Squad, where she played Amanda Waller and was just completely brilliant in Suicide Squad. I mean, this woman is just an A-list star now. So, you know, I mean, just I would amazing. say, like, I would because I don't really know Mia Farrow. Like, Mia Farrow, I mean, I don't think she's, like, around my time. Again, like... Mia Farrow, I argue, was bigger before Third Watch because Mia Farrow's kind of faded yeah, yeah, away a lot. But, I mean, like, you know, like, 60s, 70s, 80s, Mia Farrow was an A-lister for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about, like, in terms of, like, some of the biggest stars up on the show, though, period. Like, I think Violet Davis is up there, like, with Mia Farrow. I'm not saying she's bigger or, like, who's bigger. I'm just saying, like, she's up there because yeah. where she's at now, you know? Well, the, I mean, the other the other one, and because I think... If you watch Third Watch now, it's going to be like, damn, you yeah. know who that is. <laughs> and, I mean, I think kind of the other famous one who would go on to win an Oscar is Helen Mirren is in season six. So there's at yeah. least there's at yeah. least two people in Third Watch who will go on to win Oscars. There might be more. Mia Farrow never won one. I think we established that she's been nominated. But, um... Yeah, I think at least two people in Third Watch will go on to win Academy Awards. Um, you know, and it's, it's kind of it's it's crazy to think this that you know Helen Mirren and Viola Davis, two A-list Hollywood celebrities, have screen credits of Third Watch. We're only about I think four episodes away, maybe, uh, from Peter Dinklage being in Third Watch. He's in a real blink and you miss it scene. Oh, Freaking esteemed one. Peter Dinklage is like in it for two seconds. Um, you know, so it's it's kind of it's it's crazy to think that like freaking Viola Davis is a random. What is she even an attorney? Like, what is she like an, a mediator? I don't even know what you classify her like as. The, I think she's like the mediator and the, like the person that like the social, the one who goes to the home. I don't know. I forgot. I know. I I know the name. I just can't think of it right now. But it's just funny because like the the last time we did the episode, I was just like, man, all these people that we know of now have been on third watch. Like a lot of these people, we keep pointing out people who've been on third watch who are like Charlie day. Like these people have gone on to do yeah. big things. And it's like, man, too bad. Like, I know it's not going to happen, but just, I wish like they, we could all get them together and be like, Hey, just say you want third watch out there. <laughs> Cause it has something to do, it has something to do with your like resume. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. help us get. Third watch. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. But, you're not wrong at all. But, um, it's just, it's just so fascinating. And like, you know, here she, here she is. He's Viola Davis. How you doing, Viola? You doing, going good? Cool. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a decent scene. Like, obviously, you know, kind of, uh, here's Viola Davis and Yvonne Jung having a conversation. Oh, how you doing? You know, and kind of like, we kind of feel that like Jimmy's kind of like the teacher's pet here. Um, but then obviously like Kim's kind of like, oh, I also work for the fire department and, uh, you know, kind of the back and forth and sort of, um, yeah, it's kind of it's it's a it's a nice uh, you know little bit here, and you just really feel that she's siding with Jimmy straight away because poor old Kim, you know, what did she say? Like, oh, it seems like you already have your son back, you know, a, a little incident. Let's start there. Um, so we'll come back to that. We get a great little moving scene here with Davis and Carlos moving into their new apartment. Taylor's helping out. Um, they got the bird. Does it have a name? Bird. Um, <laughs> Now, this bird does have a name. We established this, didn't we, when we got the bird back last season? Walter. Walter, it yes. Was. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, so there, there was that. And then <laughs> I kind of like the fact that, uh, you know, Carlos goes off and kind of tells us, oh, I see you two will really be bonding. It's like, he thinks you're gay, you know. Uh, and and Davis is just like, yep, yep, he thinks that I am. It's like, he thinks you're gay too. And he's like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, some guys dig lesbians. I kind of just like that line there from Davis. Just a nice little mild flirting scene here between Davis and Taylor. Um, then we have uh, Tatiana and Sully. We haven't seen uh, Tatiana for a while. They're uh, at the nursing home with uh, Sully's mum. And, um, yeah, they obviously... Uh, 
you know, just have a nice little scene. I kind of like the little moment when Sully sort of looks at Tatiana and she's like, what? Um, and he's just like, nothing. Uh, then we're back at the the mediation, and obviously this is kind of what we were alluding to last episode, I feel, Brandy, when you were obviously saying about how Jimmy makes all these mistakes and then kind of, you know, Kim makes one. But this yeah. is this is where it's great. Like, Kim Raver handles his acting very well, the way she's kind of like, you know, oh, I love the fact that this seems to have cancelled out all these mistakes. Did he say about his gambling, uh, you know, issues? And then he's like, oh, I haven't placed a, a bet in over a year. And then kind of like, oh, you know, what about all the cheating you know, and kind of all this that you've done and everything. And then the way Jimmy's just kind of like, I'll write a book, I'll sign it and sell coffees and put it towards Joey's college fund. Uh, you know, I haven't been the best father, but that changed, you know, the night you took a fistful of pills, you know, and just, again, powerful scene between these two, the way Jimmy's kind of just saying like, you know, were you thinking about your son? And she's like, I wasn't thinking about that, you know, and then kind of she's just like, I made a mistake. I'll never make that again. I swear I can't lose him. Uh, powerful scene. Well, I, I mean, can we just point out that the acting ability here of Kim Raver and Eddie Sibrian is fantastic, and they're in a room with frickin' Viola Davis. So, um, you know, let's 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 be honest. Viola Davis won an Oscar because she saw how good these two can act, and she changed her acting ability to be even better. There we go. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> You're alone. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> nope, can't redo it. <laughs> Anyway, but um, no, it's it's just definitely powerful, and I mean, I want to go back and touch on something too, like with Davis and like how Carlos thinks he's gay. You know what I love about that is like I love how like they just let Davis play off that, like oh well, I guess he does, you know, instead of like oh you think I'm it's not a big thing. It's just I just love that 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 uh connection between Carlos and Davis right there, you know, because <laughs> most shows would have been like oh he thinks I'm gay and like it would have been a big deal, but on this this. Third Watch does it so well with their humor. I agree. So well. Completely agree. And I think that there's a payoff in a couple of episodes when he finds out that he's not, which, look, I'll say it at the time that it's in the conversation for a top five. It won't make the top five because I think, you know, there's other stronger scenes overall. But if we want, like, a real light, funny scene to be in the top five, um, there's a scene when sort of, uh, yeah, Carlos finds out. But there's also a scene coming up with Carlos and the fire pole. Um, which also might be in the conversation for a funny, if we want to. But, like, again, I think there's, you know, in a 9-11 season with so much dramatic acting, I think kind of we'll have a few more taking place over that. But um, anyway, so, yeah, it's, it's powerful, it's strong. And we kind of obviously, we're back to, to Sully um, at the, the desk and uh, obviously talking to Janice at the desk here at the nursing home and um, Tatiana obviously saying, like, she needs more pillow. Uh, you know, what do you feed her? You don't even know what you feed her. Um, did you notice there's Christmas music playing in the background? So this is our Christmas episode of the season, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> no. I think they mentioned it a little bit once. Like when, yeah. I don't know if he passed the scene, but with Davis and and Davis was like, what are you going to do for Christmas? And so I was like, yeah. oh, nothing. Call my sister. She's going to thank me for buying presents for the kids. So, yeah. I mean, that was the hint, I believe. But there's, no, there's nobody searching for onions in this episode, thank God. I know. Whatever. I love it. I can't wait. But, but no, I uh, I love Tatiana with this. Like, what does she eat? You don't even know what she likes to eat. Like, I just love it. I, I love the bit when they walk out of the, the hospital and it's like, you know, um, what does she say? Like, oh, they're good people. Like, I'm good people. It's like, no, you're great people. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. And then obviously they're talking about the fact that... um. 
you know, it's costing $800 a month. She should have caviar for $800 a month. You know, we don't put the people we love in homes back home. And it's, you know, a nice little cultural difference between these two. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's nice. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of kind of, I don't say a huge fan. That's not the nice thing. Like Sully's mum plotline kind of, it just comes and goes when convenient. Um, cause like it's something that just ultimately gets forgotten about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's still, you know, it's nice. It's good to have some Tatiana back. We haven't had Tatiana in a few episodes. And uh, this is really maybe the, you know, cause we're going to get some deep shit with Tatiana. We're only a few episodes away kind of from that storyline with Tatiana. So I think kind of make the most of light, nice Tatiana while we can. I'm not saying Tatiana doesn't become nice and light, but when we sort of get into Tatiana's background and how this becomes a huge part of this season and the next, um, I think kind of just make the most of this at the moment because, you know, yeah, I can't really say too much for Tatiana. But anyway. Um, so it's next season too, right? It's not just it this starts season. this season, but it, it ties into okay, next okay. season. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, Tatiana's just, like, she's wifey material, like, for Sully at that mo- at this moment, though, like. I mean, I'm just happy to sell you found someone. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're great the way they work off each other. And he said wifey material. That's, that's a good way yeah, of putting it, absolutely. for sure. For sure, agree. Um, we're back at uh, moving day for Taylor and Davis. And this is where my opening line came from. Where do you want this lamp? And the way she's like, yeah, you're definitely not gay. Uh, <laughs> but li- little, little things here that I kind of noticed, which I, I don't think I've ever really noticed before. Davis is wearing his Camelot Cup shirt from the year 2000, yep. which we haven't seen from season one. So nice little throwback there. Nice little bit of fan service from uh, the Third Watch writers. I like that. Props to them uh, for me going off so much about the continuity and the using of the actors. This is a nice little fan service moment there. Uh, and then obviously just kind of a nice little bit of bonding here about, you know, talking about, um, you know, the dad and kind of this photo of you and your dad that used to go to Giants training camp. You know, he's a football fan, not a baseball fan. And, uh, you know, when she says like, oh, my dad's is a Jets fan. And, you know, the way Davis uses is in past tense. Was he, not is he? Um, and then obviously... Yeah. They, they mentioned about, like, oh, when did your dad die? Oh, six days after my 12th birthday. And it's like, oh, you're very specific. It's like, yeah, you, you don't forget things. And that, that's so true. Like, you'd know that with your dad. I'd know that with my mum. It's you, you just... Yeah. There are definitely details around when that happened you do not forget. So you can be very specific. And I'm, I'm generally a person who is very specific about details in my life anyway. People remember, you know, people always say to me, like, oh, how, Ben will remember that day. Like, you know, he'll remember the date and the time. Um, but other things I'm just very bad. I'm weird. My memory's like good in some aspects, but bad on others. I don't understand it. I'm just getting old. Um, but (laughs) obviously, uh, we see, um, kind of, you know, she's got this 20 year ring around her neck, uh, from that her dad gave her on the day he graduated. Uh, kind of a nice little thing. That's obviously going to come back into play, uh, soon in this episode. Um, and they kind of just have a bit of a moment here talking about their dads. And then, uh, Carlos, he's like, Oh, good to see you two are moved in. Can I've got a king size bed? You know, come help me. And then I just love Taylor, you know, much as it creeps me out to touch it, I'll help you. Um, and then just this, oh, it's so like outdated and kind of homophobic, but just the way Carlos is like, So what's this? A queen? And then Davis is just like, Yep, big old queen. And then just the way Carlos <laughs> shakes his head. It's just so random, but it's uh I don't know. I just love it again. Like I just love how they like, just let this play out. Like it's, I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a big old, it's a big old queen. 
Um, this is the scene you're talking about. So we get uh, Davis and Sully. Sully's giving a random homeless guy a, a donut when he's singing. And, yeah, she's like, he's in the car sort of saying about this Christmas, you know, it's going to be great. I'll get to wake up with my wife. You know, I don't have to go. My mum, her annual pair of slippers, nice slippers, uh, talks about how the first time there'll ever be uh, a tree um, at the house. So it's, an, it's a nice little scene, kind of, as you said, kind of him looking forward to Christmas. But yeah, like, we're not over the top Christmas this, this time around. We don't have, we don't have Sully and Taylor bonding over that, uh, old homeless, oh no, he wasn't a homeless guy, that croaky voice guy from last season, Stan. Um, so kind of, this is our Christmas episode. Then we have Viola Davis showing up at Kim's house. Um, obviously, uh, going through all Joey's room and, um, talking about sort of like, you know, what he likes and talks about all, you know, his pediatricians and teachers' names. Apparently, Joey had a lisp at some point. Uh, his friends, Grace, Emily Rose, and Dorothy Kay, um, you know, he's hanging out with all the girls. Um, I love the fact that she says like, oh, doesn't have a PlayStation for me. You know, that's not, that's Jimmy's thing. But didn't she buy him a Pokemon? Like, I know Pokemon's not on Sony. It's a Nintendo game, but does he have a Game Boy or something? Like, clearly he's got some sort of video game that he can play. Um, but yeah, he obviously, yeah. you know, talking about the hours and she says, you know, hours aren't as flexible since the 11th and I don't know, just a nice little scene. Uh, obviously she knows a lot about Joey and we're going to see the counter of that soon with Jimmy. Um, go, cares, go ahead. She would never, no, it just shows that she cares and she, again, like she would never hurt Joey. I mean, I, I think it's a nice scene too. I think it's worth mentioning for sure. I mean, I loved it. I love how like she knows everything, like. I mean, damn, she's on point. The most, a lot of moms, not most moms, but she's really on point. <laughs> Are you that good? Do you know like all your sons, like uh, you know, friends and doctors and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, doctors, friends, because not many friends now because he's homeschooled. So like, we switched activities like from karate to something else. But for the most part, he would come. I don't know. Kids are different. He'll come home and be like, "This is my friend." No, he's not my friend. Not today. He's mean. <laughs> this is my friend. So, <laughs> Sounds like my life. But I mean, she's good. She knows exactly. Huh? <laughs> like now, not there when I was a go. kid. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> he's into girls now, though. So. Oh, huh. there we go. He's at that age, is he? Yeah. Uh, he's ten. He's about to be ten this this oh, month. So that's yeah. about to get fun. Uh. <laughs> he's embarrassed by me now. It's unfortunate. <laughs> wow! Wow! There you go. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice scene. Sully, meanwhile, comes home and, uh, I love how, like, he's got all these bags and he's like, oh, don't come out yet, Mrs. Sullivan. And all of a sudden, his mum's in their bed. Um, and then obviously Tatiana has brought her home. She's going to buy a $300 hospital bed to look after her. And then kind of, you know, Sally's like, no, this, we can't do this. She needs special care. Uh, and then like, oh, she's so happy here. It's like, she'd be happy sitting in traffic. Um, and I do, I do love the line when Sally's like, you don't know the Sophie's choice I had to go through to uh, put her in that home. Who is Sophie? <laughs> I like the way Danny says that. It's like, oh, never mind. Um, and you know, yeah, just like, oh, she can stay here tonight, tomorrow. She goes back to the, uh, the nursing home. So, you know, nice little scene. Obviously, Tatiana just trying to be nice, but obviously, you know, there's a lot more to this than, uh, she understands. Um, then we got, yeah, Viola Davis and Jimmy kind of obviously the opposite here he knows nothing about anything doesn't know names doesn't know doctors anything like that and he's just like oh i'm blowing this aren't i um and then obviously you know he's saying like i want to i want to make up for the last time um you know so i mean it's, it's it's not as powerful as the kim scene but it's kind of you feel a, you feel weirdly it's, it's weird this whole situation because i think kind of it's meant to be painted in a light that you really are meant to be on kim's side uh but also it's kind of you kind of feel for jimmy here don't you Hell no. No? All right. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really 
didn't feel for him. I mean, he, it's not like, you know, Kim ran off the kid and, like, didn't share custody. He had joint custody and, oh, suddenly he wants to be a dad after Joey's, what, eight now? Wait, how old is Joey now? Oh, he's seven, yeah. eight. Seven, eight? Yeah, no, I don't feel bad for him at all. He was you know six I mean? in season one, so seven, he'll be, yeah, about eight now. Yeah. Nope, I don't feel bad. I mean, because they share joint custody. They work together. Okay. I mean, yeah, no. Nope. That's why we're here. We have different opinions. I actually don't like Viola in this scene either. You don't? Oh, this one. poor Viola? In this one, in this <laughs> one, when she's like, well, tell me what you do know. Like, no, don't give him that chance. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just wow. walk away. Oh, no. <laughs> poor Viola Davis. Hello, Viola, if you're listening. We love you. Um, she's just polishing her Oscar. Um, so, anyway, we've <laughs> seen Sally and Davis is having a conversation in the car. Obviously, you know, she's she's talking about He's talking about, sorry, about how, you know, oh, I don't want him living with us. And I like kind of how, like he says to, like, Dave, like, would you want your mother living with you? I just moved out. Hell no. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's 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 nice. Um, and she obviously says, oh, back to the home goes. Then we've got, this is, this is kind of where I, just, I say this episode just feels disjointed because it's kind of like, we've got all this stuff. It's great. Fair enough. It's, you know, back and forth. But then all of a sudden we have... Um, Bosco and, and Yokus, and obviously, like, we should really point out, this is very relevant at the time, uh, you know, the anthrax that was going around sort of post 9-11 and, you know, this sort of biological attacks and then kind of there was a lot of these hoaxes <laughs> going around of people putting powder in envelopes and sending them off to government buildings and the amount of effort. So I kind of like the way they make this sort of like a relevant storyline sort of uh, in with that because, I mean, we, we touched on this last week about how Childhood Memories was kind of the last of the ones that we seemingly think was produced before 9-11. This Act Brave is the first that was uh, produced after the first ones they did of 9-11. So uh, in terms of the way they film these, based on the production codes, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, After Time, which was episode three of this season, was the production code 227709. This is production code 227710. So on the way they filmed these, this episode actually came after um that if that makes sense but um yes yeah, so very relevant at the time this whole scare i mean do you i like i don't think we really had a much of a big of a deal here in australia i think there were cases where people just were playing pranks on people but um i mean was this a thing do you remember it around sort of 2001 2002 when this whole anthrax scare was a thing i remember it being a thing but i wonder how much scarier it was in new york to be honest oh yeah because like i know it would be a whole nother ball game over there than where i was at because i know it was scary and it was a huge thing all over the news, but I can't imagine being in New York after that happening and then having those kind of scares. Like sometimes I, oh, sometimes I just hate people, man. Because mm. I, I, no, like not. A, I don't like hate everyone, but just some. It's just anytime there's something going on, then there's always somebody trying to scare people. Like fear is what people. So, ugh, yeah. just, I don't understand how fear can be something that people drive drive on. You Which know? is, I think we touched on this a few weeks ago. The fact that yeah, like yeah, um, about terrorism. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrorism definitely. Yeah. The part of it is to incite fear. Yeah. So um, and then you have idiot teenagers and idiot people who just think, oh yeah, let's just go ahead and add some more fuel to the fire. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I mean, the one thing I will say about this scene, kind of before we get into kind of what I feel does feel a little bit disjointed. Um, he's kind of like, I like the sort of the back and forth here with this guy, like, you know, this dentist is like, oh, we have to close. We have to wait for like hours for this hazmat crew. You know, this is like, what does he say? Like the second or third one this week or whatever it is. And then kind of, you know, Bosco, when he gets there and he's like, um, yeah, 99% of these are bogus, but I don't want to be, you know, the 1% that is right. And we're the two cops that, um, you know, let, uh, people take out the whole Eastern seaboard. And then kind of as they walk out away and then Yoke's is like, oh, you're getting good at that speech. And he's like, yeah, I say it enough during the day. 
Um, so like they're obviously like waiting for the hazmat crew because it's backed up and it's kind of like you know this is the climate they live in where they're just everywhere with the security because we even kind of had that didn't we early on when Viola Davis showed up about how oh sorry I'm late I never you know I forget to go through all the security checkpoints and everything there obviously was so much more heightened around this time um, but I, I kind of like that line when Bosco's talking about like oh we should fly these men into a summer land and they're all like yeah and dress them up as women or something like that just kind of the way they say that um, and then, you know, Yokus is just like, oh, you know, all I wanted to do is get some Harry Potter Legos. You know, it's great that we got, you know, yes. my, my, we got, finally got Charlie to read, but we didn't, you know, count on the movies and the merchandising. Um, and then I love Bosco here. Oh, my favorite ones was Godfather, Jaws, Science of the Lambs. I read them all. <laughs> you know, just like, he's like, that's how I did all my reading for like the movies. He's so me. That's, that's me. I don't read. I just watch the movies. Um, but then out of nowhere, <laughs> boom, massive, massive explosion. Out of nowhere, this whole building blows up. I mean, can I just point out, like, the special effects here, like, I mean, it's not special effects. They look like they legitimately blew this building up, and I don't doubt they did. Um, but we know this show was filmed in New York. So, I mean, for them to go in this, wherever this was, no doubt in Queens or Brooklyn or wherever they filmed this, to do this massive explosion, to have the actors on sample, they would have only had one take to do this, um, they would have had to put so many, like, notices out to the public, wouldn't they? Because, I mean, this is kind of, like, all implied in this episode that, like, you know, automatically is thought is it terrorism because, you know, they, the people in the street, like, oh, they were Middle Eastern, it was a bomb, they had it, like, it's just, again, the heightened fear that New York was in at that time. So I cannot imagine the amount of, like, notices, like, the Warner Brothers, you know, production crew and everybody else... John Wells production, all that sort of stuff, would have had to warn people, like, we're filming a TV show, we're doing an explosion, uh, please let everyone know that this is planned. You know what I mean? So, um... Yeah, yeah. Prop, like, props that, that's a, a good point. Yeah. Go ahead, if you had more to say on that. Or... No, I'm just saying, that's a good point. No, I didn't think about that. No, I'm just saying, that was a good point. Because it looks amazing. Sure. It really does, like, I mean, this legitimately looks like a big explosion. So kind of, I mean, I guess kind of we can gel over a lot of what's going on here. It's kind of another one of these ones that you sort of really need to watch. But um, there's, you know, a lot of action going on. They rush into the building. You know, they go, get to some people. We've got a school bus outside just with um, children just, like, sitting there. Uh, <laughs> like, I talk about little kid actors who give me the shits. Like, when they when they go into the bus, is it Taylor goes into the bus and she looks at that kid's hand and that kid just is like, ow. Like, I don't know. It just is so... Cheesy. I just it gives me the shit. You probably think it's cute, but I don't know. It just I just don't like it. <laughs> oh no, because some kids be having like late reactions like that. Like, oh no, <laughs> kids just a little shit. <laughs> Ow. I don't know. It just annoys me. Um, Kim, well, go ahead. I'm glad that's the only kid thing that my thing is like when kids are like can't act at all. Like you know well, they cannot. Act. I don't think this like, kid can act. That's half my problem. I think this kid can't act as well. Like the way he says it. Like that's his acting well, range. You just had one line. He says it. He says he, he says something else too in this episode. He's got something else to say. No, I have to pee. He's the one who says I have to pee. And then when kids oh, like okay. hold it, he like smiles. Like he can't even hold a straight face. You little shit. Like. <laughs> Damn, You're man. a bad actor. I don't like this kid. Dirty kid all over again. Ow, kid. Uh, Maybe that's his brother. You never know. Probably no, is. <laughs> don't like him. Man, man, man. man. You're going to be on so many hit lists by the end of this podcast. I'm see if he's I might be too. He's probably some big name actor now or something like that. But um, did we get a name of him? 
Um, it doesn't really say here. I can't see anything. Anyway, he's a little shit. Don't like him. But uh, anyway, so it's like, I, I do kind of like Kim when she's like, you know, comes on the bus and she's like, has anyone played Simon Says? Like, Simon Says, put your hands on your head. It's like a nice little, you know, what does he, what does she say? Like, Simon Says, chicken statue. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of nice. Then we've got like, you know, the woman in the diner who's like deaf. What? I can't hear you. Um, and then Davis and Sully going off a people in the street. It wasn't a bomb. Um, we get random woman. She's got an artery bleeding out everywhere. Um, the firefighters come in. There's a gas pump just like going crazy. Um, you know, Kim helping the kids. Jimmy's watching them. Um, and I, I do like the, the cute little scene though. I will say where Yokus is carrying that little girl. She's like, you know what I was thinking? That you should wear my hat. Um, I don't know. It's a cute little scene. That was so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, they've got, um, people sort of like, uh, moving around with, um, the firefighters, sorry, not people. I mean, the firefighters are people, but they've got their little readers trying to find the gas and they open a door and it's like this big ruptured gas main and off the charts, Lou. And then I, I do like these sort of scenes when like everyone's honking the horns, like get out of the building, get out of the building. So then we obviously see, um, Taylor, they're all having to evacuate because the gas, basically the gas is leaking and it's going to blow at any moment. Uh, but Taylor's lost a 20 year ring that we mentioned before around her neck. So she runs back into the building. She finds it. And there just happens to be a little kid trapped under the thing. Uh, so, uh, basically, she waits for the kid. She waits for the fire crew to come in to lift this off. And uh, basically, um, she's saying that, like, yeah, no, I'm not leaving this kid. Um, she's pinned under the thing. Uh, they, they're lifting it up. No sparks. Um, her foot's broken. Uh, clearly, you know, Taylor's not leaving. She's being stubborn. And uh, obviously, Lou, Lieutenant Johnson's kind of like, oh, just like a father, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of like a little scene, which I guess is kind of meant to imply that her father was stubborn. Cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing like, really to talk about here, is shadow. there? Say that again. No, I think it's a first shadow, though. I mean, to what's going to come. I mean, yeah. like with Taylor, like how she's so stubborn in certain things, in certain areas. Like her personality is... I, I don't know. I do love Taylor. I just got to watch more episodes, but her personality is stubborn, though. I mean... Yeah, I like Taylor. So. I, yeah, you're right. It's her personality, yeah. but um, yeah, they, kind of I love play, they play it up a little bit too much sometimes, I feel, with her. Like, I mean, that's kind of maybe where, like... I don't know. Like, I again, nothing against Taylor and Amy Carlson. It's just sometimes the character does feel a little bit underdeveloped. The fact that her only play is her dad storyline and then kind of that she gets with a couple of the main cast... Um, that's kind of Taylor in a nutshell. And she wants to be on the firehouse, but no, she's a paramedic. So, I mean, again, we haven't had as much time to develop her as we have with the others, but uh, I don't know. Like, again, I don't dislike her. I like Taylor every time, you know, a little bit more every time I watch it. But yeah, she's, she's kind of, these are sort of the things where you're starting to see maybe she's a little bit underdeveloped. Um, so maybe that kind of is where you slightly feel not as connected to her as you would with our other, what are we, eight really now since we lost Bobby? <laughs> Um, so, yeah, but, uh, anyway, so they get her out, um, she goes to the hospital, um, we get a nice little speech, sort of, uh, between Yokus and Bosco and the police, kind of, talking about how Emily was sort of sick, and they all thought there was something going around, Fred was freaking out, two-day-old tuna fish, uh, and then kind of like, yeah, this is sort of what we're saying about the fear, you're like, oh, they're making us nuts, we're letting them, you know, it's kind of, it's a nice little scene. Um, then we're back at the hospital, and uh, we find out that there were no no fatalities. No one died. So, um, yeah, that's kind of it's a interesting thing that uh, out of that huge explosion. I just, like, the reason I think this is disjointed, it's just, it kind of, 
I mean, I get it, the reason why it's got to come out of nowhere. We kind of don't want it sort of, I don't know, implied. Like, there was the, um, was it season one when they had the meth house that exploded, when they had Will Arnett in the, uh, in the wheelchair? Like, at least you kind of felt something was going to happen. And I guess they'd gone for the surprise. But I don't know, we just kind of got this such character episode kind of around, you know, all these different storylines. We've got Taylor, we've got Kim, we've got Jimmy, we've just kind of got Sully, Tatiana. All of a sudden, boom, we've got an explosion, rescue time, and then it's kind of back to normal. Like, I get why they're doing it. I just, it feels a little bit, you know, higgledy-piggledy. I don't know if that's just me or not, or I'm just complaining for complaining's sake. I wonder if they're just trying to find their ground, you know, in terms of, like, I don't know, like, they're just, because, like, you said, like, this is one that's, like, filmed afterwards, so, like, now, like, they're trying to find, like, their, the ground of, like, where they're going. Like, they know where they're going, but maybe they're just trying to get to that point. I don't, it's, I don't know, that's all I <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's not as, it's definitely not as bad as, it's season six, we kind of have the terrorism plotline. For an episode, is it season six or five? I think it's season six, which that's more hammy and just not the best. But um, yeah, I, look, I, I think kind of yeah. I mean, the way they talk around it with the climate at the time, and I guess that's a huge thing you've got to really point out is just how much people were sort of on edge at this time in, in New York. So kind of it's 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 the way they kind of do that. But I it just I don't dislike it. It just as I said, it just kind of feels a bit misjointed. It comes out of nowhere and then it's just swept away. So. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 also kind of a case of like we talked about last episode about how it's really got a season three feel, a uh, season four, five, six feel to it. Like when they've got this montage and not kind of how they change the direction of this show. Um, you know, moving forward, there's going to be a lot more explosion. I mean, season six there was an explosion every fucking episode, so like you know, it's kind of like <laughs> they've just gone out of their way. But like, I think kind of Darvell pointed that out, didn't he? In our season two recap, how season one had more action than season two. And I think kind of they're maybe realizing that. So season three has a lot more action, um, which we're going to see a lot more kind of in the upcoming episodes as well. So, and like, I get it. Some people watch shows like this for the action. They want the explosions. They want the car chases. They want the shootouts, you know? I mean, you can't not avoid it. And it's, it's no different to what we said about Third Watch not being able to avoid 9-11. Uh, you know, they're cops. They're paramedics. They've got to, firefighters. They've got to deal with these sort of things as people do in real life. So, um, it's just when they just overdo the shit out of it in season six that it becomes a little bit cray-cray. Um, anyway, so there's that. So, with the hospital, no fatalities. Taylor and Davis have a nice little scene, um, you know, where they're obviously talking about, like, do you miss him? And kind of, you know, they're talking about, like, oh, things that you think about, you know, every time I hear some Motown or a ball game or, you know, it's talking about peanut butter and crackers and my dad and apples. And, like, that line, like, God, that sticks true, what Davis says when he says, like, you could eat a 100 apples and not think of him, but then all it takes is just one. It's weird. Yeah. Um, that one thing, yeah. So true. So, so true. Um, and then, like, obviously, we kind of get kind of with these episode title. And, again, something we don't necessarily always talk about anymore are the episode titles. Obviously, this being called Act Brave, and Taylor goes on a little bit to about talk about uh, how, you know, her dad talked about being brave and, uh, you know, um, just kind of the, 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 the speech that, you know, she kind of goes on there about, like, today maybe, you know, I, I felt that doesn't work, like pretending to be brave when you're not. So it's, it's a nice little, you know, as much as I just said, her her character feels a bit underdeveloped i like these moments where we hear it if you know what i mean so um yeah i don't know if you have anything to add and this is a kind of a quick little scene but it's nice no it's it's nice i mean yeah yeah cool all right uh so uh we're, we're back at the firehouse jimmy wants to go for beers no one wants to go with beers with jimmy oh poor jimmy um but then kim's there and they have a conversation you know who's joey's pediatrician uh, it's like, oh, damn it, I nearly got it. And then 
you know, Jimmy's kind of bipolar Jimmy because now he's all like, oh, you were good with the kids today. Oh, maybe we could go to the Bronx Zoo together with, for Joey's birthday, you know, as a family, you know, like, oh, would it mess with his head? Oh, maybe, but we'll just tell him what it is. You know, it's kind of like, God, Jimmy, make your mind up. Um, but then we've obviously got Doc slightly telling Taylor off, you know, you're a paramedic and what does she say? Like, maybe I can be both. And it's like, well, no, we'll talk about that another time. And then, obviously, she's like, oh, I signed on for a double. I don't think I can do it. And it's like, you know, Carlos will take it. You go home. So, um, yeah, Doc V, Taylor. Then we see... Now, this is a mistake I only just picked up. This is the first time I've ever picked up on this. Taylor then leaves. She walks past, like, the 9-11 sort of tribute wall, and we see a photo of her dad. Now, that is a different photo than we saw earlier on this season. <laughs> that is not the same man in the photo from uh, from September 10th and... Uh, um, what is it after time? I don't know if you you yeah. paid attention to that, but that's a different photo. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I <laughs> I did not notice. I, yeah. Uh, Slight mistake I there. Suck. I think that's like the hardest thing is like when I'm on these episodes. I mean, I love it, but it's like I do get I do miss out on like certain details like that. And I'm like, damn, you mm. know. And it's just it's funny because like. This, Sorry, go ahead. This one's like a Christmas one, and I think like one of the last episodes I did was a Christmas one as well, like closer <laughs> with the other. So it's just like I'm like there's something. Here, there's, and I'm there's, like, yeah, there's something we're saying here. Brandy and Christmas goes together. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 not something that I think like unless you're really paying attention, you would notice. But um, yeah, it's it's a different it's a different guy in that photo than we saw in episode uh, two and three. So just just go back and watch that if people at home want to see that. Um, but then we kind of close out with sort of another random sort of montage. It's not, you know, this is kind of like almost a season one, two feel of a montage. And it's kind of, I don't even know what the song is that they're playing. I haven't even looked that up. But, you know, we get Yoko's coming home and I'm guessing that's Charlie or, I mean, it's Charlie or Emily. It's one of the two. I think it looks like a boy picks a kid up off the couch, takes her to bed. Um, Sully uh, looks at his mum. Uh, then we kind of get, um, Actually, I'll just lump that last bit at the end. Kim's at home sorting shit out. But uh, obviously, the main bit here, Taylor knocks on the door of Davis. Carlos isn't home, I know. Walks in. And then we close out. And, like, I forget, kind of, this is a bit graphic. This Well, not graphic, but it's a bit kind of full-on for a network TV show. He's yeah, old uh, Taylor and Davis having a shower together. Davis with his hand on her boobs and a vagina. No other way to say it, really, Ben. Um, just covering up, you know. There's a question to put to Amy Carlson this week. What was it like having Kobe Bell cover you up naked in the shower? Uh, <laughs> I think they're hot together, though. Like, oh, oh yeah, cute. they're a good couple. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it was, it was, it's very graphic. I was surprised to see that. I was like, oh shit, okay, here we go. This is definitely changing into like, yeah, the third season definitely changes it up. But I mean, they're hot together. There oh yeah, you go. they are. They are. and like, I mean, it's it's kind of um. You know, like, we talked a little bit about sort of, you know, Taylor and Bobby. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you can see Davis and Taylor more so together, kind of. Like, yeah, this is it. They hook up. We, I think we alluded to a little bit last season about who Taylor was going to get with. But here we go. Taylor and Dave. And this becomes more of a thing than uh, Bobby and Taylor ever does. So, um, yeah, I like I like Bobby and Taylor. Uh, well, I sort of, no, didn't really. Whatever. Uh, Taylor and Davis. Let's call them uh, Tavis or Dayla. Um, <laughs> that's a couple name. Um, I like kind of I like them sort of being together. You can see them being together. So, um, yeah, that's the end of the episode. I don't know if you've got really anything to add on those closing bits at all. No, not really. I will say I think this is also a turning point for Jimmy and Kim. Like finally, I mean, you know, I mean, 
it was pretty nasty, like the custody battle. But I don't know. It makes me kind of look forward to the next episode as well. Yeah, still I don't know some when conflict. It's not all done with them yet. Trust me. This. Still... I mean, I know, I know, but still, I mean, we kind of. I mean, there's still hope, though. I mean, at the yeah. end, so. But yeah. But that's Act Brave. No, um, there we go. Episode uh, 8 done. Uh, let's get into our Evil Law Review section. Um, how are we going here, Brandy? Is the streak continuing for our second chair on this show? Are you going to break it? What are you doing? Buying, renting it, or binning it? Buying it. Oh, it's still going on. Here we go. Give yeah. us some reasons. I, I, I mean, I, it's the third season. It's been a while since I watched these episodes. So I'm like, you know what? I can't afford to rent any of them. I got to buy <laughs> most of them. <laughs> What about you, Ben? Yeah. Um, hmm. Look, it's been a while since I've had consecutive rent-its. Not since season one have I had consecutive rent-its on third watch. But yeah, I'm going to have to rent this one again, I feel. I just, look, again, it's maybe a higher rent than last week. Um, so there's that. But it's just, I just, the disjointedness of the, the explosion stuff in the middle just takes me away from what could have been an even better episode. And I, like, I want more exploration on Taylor. And I guess you'd argue, well, that is exploring Taylor because she's in a rescue situation. But I don't know. I just feel like that whole middle section with the explosion just takes me away from what could have been an even better episode. And it's a high rent. It's on the cusp of a buy. But, um, yeah, I'd rather watch this than Childhood Memories. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just feel that it's going to be a, Got to be a rent for me uh, if I'm going to be realistic and I've got to kind of be fair on our, our rental systems here. So um, that's my reasoning. Um, who knows? So uh, will we? I've never, ever rented three in a row of Third Watch. Every time, this is only the second time I've gone two in a row. So I'm just looking here. I rented uh, Season 1, Something Like Sunshine and Impulse back-to-back. You also rented those two back-to-back. Uh, then I rented Spring Forward, Fallback, 1,000 Points of Light back-to-back. And then I only rented two overall last season. So, um, there you go. Um, you, funnily enough, Brandy, you did rent three in a row. Uh, you rented Nature and Nurture, Ohio, and Men, all three in a row back in season one. So, there you go. Random stats for you. I'm surprised I didn't bin it. Let's start watch. That's why I didn't. Well, look, I think kind of moving forward, I, I, I think you and Darvell need to realise that it's it's okay to bin things. Like, it's, it doesn't show that you dislike a show, as we kind of often no. say. It's like, okay. you just because you bin something doesn't mean you're saying it's like... A bin of third watch is still going to be above a buy of some other shows, and I've only been the one episode, and there will be other episodes that I will bin of third watch. I'm not going to be ashamed to say it. But, um, you know, yeah, I think that you, you, you two got to bin something one day eventually, maybe. Who knows? So we can balance it out. No, I don't know. I mean, I think there might be one that I might bend. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I love the show so much. Like, I always find something like, ah, I got to rent it at least, you know? Mm. And so. Uh, I think it's, it's if you love a show so much, you're allowed to be critical of it. And, like, you know, it's it's kind of. Of course. Of course. Of course. They're, they're saying, definitely, like, when they start to steer away from what you know this show and why you fell in love with it. And, like, again, that's where you and I and Darvel are probably going to be different in a lot of things because, you know, again, I think we've kind of established that both you and Darvel sort of discovered this show later than I did, whereas I watched it from the beginning. So it's kind of, you've got your different memories around how this show developed. Like, if you're watching this show... Yeah, if you're the, watching the show from the, the the end and kind of go back to the beginning, I think, yeah, you're probably going to be a lot more fonder of the, the later stuff because that's where you first started watching it. Whereas, yeah. That's, so like I the onion. Yeah, oh, God, don't, don't, don't start with the onion. Like, just <laughs> that onion. Like, fuck that onion. Um, anyway, uh, next week, uh, Sex, Lies and Videotapes. I'm going to say this right now. I think this is a top ten episode of Third Watch. Like, And I don't, I don't like... 
like season three, like I think season two is just the best season, you know, nearly a perfect season. But when it comes to like just episodes from this season that I remember, like Sex, Lies and Videotape is a brilliant episode. Uh, it's, it's a doc episode. We kind of, this episode is really to me the key that like we've gone over a little bit about doc and kind of what's the turning point for him. We've, you know, talked about his dad dying, obviously Morales breaking up with him. This one to me really is like, this storyline is the one that will start to really push doc, or, doc away. Because, like, this leads into a certain person coming back into his life in a few episodes, which really screws him up. And just, like, yeah, this is... And you got to feel for Doc moving forward with this. But um, I, I think this episode is fantastic. I always remember this. It's just such a good episode. Uh, to me, you know, yeah, potentially a top ten episode in the history of Third Watch. But, um, yeah, this is the one where, essentially, we're going to get uh, Doc, Paramedic of the Year, in the final five. We've got sort of a film crew following him around. Um, when it comes to that, um, you know, it's, there's just a lot of stuff going on in this episode, um, that oh. really sets up a few things as well. Um, and yeah, just, just a great, great episode. I'm telling you now, I won't have three rentits in a row. <laughs> Wait, is this the one where the, is it, you said a character comes back. Does it start with a P? Uh, no, it starts with a J, but he doesn't come back next episode. He comes back in about three episodes time. So not quite yet, but he will, he will come back. But also we, we obviously get, um, you know, just even the storyline, uh, around kind of the, the cop storyline about this, the guy that they're chasing in the family that's sort of in the water and then kind of just the Bosco and Yoko stuff. Cause there's kind of a whole stuff around Yoko's sickness and just the action, this scene, the tension, like, yeah, just this episode is so good. I don't know if you have watched it yet or not, but, um, yeah, it's such a good episode. Uh, I'm going to get into them probably tomorrow, but you know, it's funny. Cause like, I don't remember Yoko's being sick or like having cancer. I don't, I always thought, I don't know why, but I was thinking like, Oh, it's just a false alarm. I, I don't, I didn't remember that. No, she she kind of has uh, yeah cancer, but it's not really like that bad. But I mean, just through that yeah, stuff, and no, we we also just keep an eye out. It's right at the end of the episode, but kind of the, the big reveal to Carlos that uh, Davis isn't gay, and just it's an iconic scene of Third Watch when it comes to Anthony Eva getting ready, dressing in a shirt, um, singing Pina Colada. That's uh, <laughs> it's just such a great episode. Uh, that's Sex, Lies, and Videotapes. That's next week. Um, get excited. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, subscribe on all the channels. You know what to do. We don't need to tell you every week, but we do anyway because we're lonely and we want you to not make us unlonely. That sounded a bit wrong. Uh, but, yeah, we thank you for tuning in and we appreciate, obviously, all the support that you guys are giving us. Uh, but we're trying to close it out. My name is Ben and all I want is some Harry Potter Legos. Me too, Ben. My name's Brandy, and stay tuned for the next tonight on Third Watch. No. Kidding. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.